Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. scripture in Luke 13. Luke chapter 13. So we're going to continue. I think this is our seventh week, not consecutive, but since we started this series, our seventh week teaching on how to live in divine protection in the midst of a dangerous, crazy, demon-infested, crazy people world. Now that's not the title of it. That's my expanded title. Divine protection in perilous times. There is total divine protection for everybody on this planet, but it does not happen automatically. It does not happen just because God wants it to happen. There's some things we need to know. There's some things we need to say. There's some things we need to believe. And there's a Holy Spirit we need to learn to follow better if we want to live in divine protection in dangerous times. Now, seven weeks ago or so, give or take a few, because there are some other people doing some things on Wednesday nights in the last uh, eight or so weeks. But we went to a scripture. I'm not going to go there now, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says, in the latter times, in the last days, perilous times shall come. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, told Paul the future 2,000 years ago about the days we're living in right now. In the last days, the Bible says, dangerous times shall come. And it talks about men being lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierceness in the last days, terrorism, all kinds of weird stuff, truce breakers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And so we know that, that Paul prophesied this by the Spirit of God, that in the times we're living in, they'd be dangerous times. Right? So we all go, duh, he got that right. Um, just read the paper, look at the news, and just... We're believing for the divine protection of God upon our lives, this church, and even this valley. And that's why we encourage people to come to prayer meeting on Sunday mornings, because a lot of times we, in that prayer meeting, there's prayer for this valley and for the the vision God's given us to reach this valley. But because of the dangerous times, God has a word of divine protection for us. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Lord wants everybody on this planet protected from flying bullets, arrows, missiles, bombs, plagues, diseases, powers of darkness devouring our finances. He wants it, but just like he wants everybody saved, but not everybody is receiving Jesus, he wants everybody protected, though everybody's not receiving him as their protector. Just because people aren't receiving it doesn't mean God doesn't want it and doesn't mean he hasn't given it. God's an amazing giver. People need to start working a little bit better on their receiving. And the Lord will help us do that, but God can't receive for us. We have to make that act ourselves. We have to do that effort ourselves. So in Luke 13, let's look at this again because there's a few more things we need to reiterate here. Two tragedies happened in Jesus' day. 
far as I can tell, it looks like one of them was just an outright demonic attack that caused a lot of people to be killed. And then one of them was like what we'd call a natural disaster. And he gives us some amazing revelation here about how to be protected from demonic attacks and even natural disasters. Anybody interested? Yes. Okay, we'll go on here then. Luke 13 and verse 1. Now there were present at that season some that told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So we, we, we can see something demonic was going on here. It doesn't say that here these people were out just sacrificing, kind of like the Old Testament talked about, animal sacrifices and all that. And Pontius Pilate, for some demonic reason, says, let's go down to where all these people are sacrificing animals and cut the people up like they're cutting the animals up. What's that called? That's called sick. That's called demonic. That's called the enemy. That's called the devil working through somebody to hurt people. We call it an act of terrorism. You can call it a demonic act. We see stuff like this happening today. Maybe not the exact same thing, but we see similarities in this area where people are just doing crazy stuff. I mean, who, who, goes, who goes flying down a road in France in a truck and just decides to hit a bunch of people crossing the street? Yeah. Who does that? That is so demonic. Yeah. That's demonic. And you know what? Some of those people that died in that, that tragedy, a lot of them, they weren't, they weren't worse sinners than anybody else. Right. But you know one thing? They were in a place where something bad happened. What if they had a leading not to be in that place? Here's something we need to realize. Being good and being nice is not being led. There's, it's one thing to be good, it's one thing to be nice, but you still have to be led of the Spirit about things in life that you don't know the future about, but the Lord does. It's interesting. I mean, I've heard people do studies of, of tragedies and, and thoughts that had come to people and premonitions that have come to people before these tragedies happened, people that didn't die or a loved one died. And it's interesting to see that so many people had something on the inside that said, I shouldn't go today, but they did anyway. Or I shouldn't, I shouldn't take that route. And they took that route. And something bad happened. And you start looking at these uh, testimonies of people and what, the, what was happening inside of them before that bad thing happened. Yeah, I just knew inside. I just, I just knew I shouldn't do that. But I did it anyway. This is what we're We need to study about those things on the inside. What is that? The world calls it a premonition. Intuition. The Bible calls it an inward witness of the Spirit of God trying to get your attention to say, slow down. Stop, don't go right now. But that's, that, that, that inward witness is so, so uh, far away to so many people that it doesn't seem that important. This is, this is the part of our life we need to develop if we want to live in divine protection. So let's, let's look at this here. So here we got these Galileans that are killed, they're butchered. While they're offering their sacrifices, and Jesus answering said unto the people of his day, Do you suppose that these Galileans who were slain, do you suppose that they were sinners, worse sinners than all the Galileans because they suffered such things? And that's a question so many people have. Wow, I wonder, and you got to watch out about it because that actually gets into judging. Oh, they were worse sinners is why that happened to them. 
I were you, I'd repent immediately. <laughs> Say, God, forgive me for judging. Because he said right here, he says, do you think these Galileans, because these bad things happened, do you think that these bad things happened to them because they were sinners, worse sinners than everybody else in Galilee? Do you think that's why it happened? Next verse. Jesus said, I tell you, no. They were not worse sinners. These things didn't happen to them because they were bad people. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Interesting, number one, he says, it really wasn't their sin that caused it, but if you don't repent, the same thing will happen to you. Almost sounds like a contradiction. But the word repent doesn't just mean you turn from a sin that you've committed. It also means don't omit something good that God wants you to do. How many know you got to turn away from sins of commission? Right? We want to not commit sins if we know better, right? We want to not to do bad things we know we shouldn't do. But there's another repentance that people need to be aware of, and that's the sin of omission. We need to watch out about not doing good things he's leading us to do. This word repent, I, I'm going to submit unto you, it has a lot to do. And this verse right here, Jesus isn't saying, these people weren't killed because they did all these bad things. But except, you were all, except we all repent, from what? He just said it wasn't the bad things they did that caused it. Maybe it was doing the good things that God wanted them to do, but they weren't aware of it and following it properly. So let me ask you this. These Galileans, what, why do you think, okay, how do I want to put this? What could have kept these people from dying this day? Not being in that place at that time. Hmm? How many good people are not with us today? Good people, nice people, never heard a fly. Simply because they were in a place where something bad happened and it affected their life. I, I really believe, and I'm not saying I know everything about this verse right here, but one of the things I'm seeing in this verse right here, the Lord is saying, listen, we all need to be a little more concerned about doing His will for our life, not just waking up and always doing what we want to do, going where we want to go, making our plans without even praying, deciding to do this, not even inquiring of the Lord about it. Because you don't have to be a bad person to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just don't be interested in the leading of the Spirit or God's plan for your life. One of the most, one of the most awful problems in the world today is people... Growing up, habitually just doing everything in life they want to do and not even thinking too much about inquiring of the Lord about anything. Personally, I cannot picture Jesus waking up one morning, yawning and going, oh, what do I want to do today? He said, I don't do anything unless I first see my Father, unless I first pray. Now, this doesn't mean tough stuff's not going to come our way, but listen closely. When tough stuff does come our way, 
we're going to overcome it. We're going to get through it. Psalm 91 is way more than a good poem, if you will. I know it doesn't rhyme in the English. Maybe it did in the Hebrew. I don't know. But a lot of people, oh, Psalm 91, that'd be so nice to have in calligraphy on my wall. And great, wonderful, fine. But you know what Psalm 91 is? <laughs> Do you know what Psalm 91 is? It is a psalm of protection. Divine protection. It talks about God being our shield. It talks about angels bearing us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. It talks about living a long, happy, satisfied life, not dying young. And we, I think the first couple sessions we went through the whole Psalm 91. It's only like 15 verses. It's so interesting because Psalm 91 starts with, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Mm -hmm. So does divine protection have anything to do with how we dwell yeah. or how our lives are being lived? Absolutely. Verse 2 says, and a lot of people, you know, they haven't made this connection yet either. They all, we all love verse 10, 11, 12, and 13, you know, No evil shall befall me, nor, nor any plague come near my dwelling. He gives his angels charge over me. He's going to satisfy me with long life. We all love those verses, but you've got to love the verses that lead up to that. Yeah. You know one of the verses that leads up to divine protection? I will say. Mm -hmm. You've got to say something if you want divine protection. I will say. Not just think, hope, wish, and want. I will say of the Lord, and I don't care who hears me. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my protector. That's what he's saying. He's my God, and him will I trust. And you know, people say, well, I just, you know, Jesus is my Savior. You know, he forgives my sins. Great. You're going to see those wonderful things in your life. What if you said he was your fortress? What if you said he was your protector? Oh, now you'll start to see those things in your life. You can't even get saved without saying Jesus is Lord. People say, oh, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. The only reason you're not in big trouble today is because of you being so immature you don't know what you're doing. That's it. Because Jesus is the high priest of our confession. The Bible says if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe God raised Him from the dead, you're saved. Without confession and without belief in your heart, you're not even saved. So if you don't believe in naming it and claiming it or confessing it and possessing it, if you don't believe in the confession message, I don't know how you're going to get to heaven. Because you can't get to heaven without saying something. Right. You can't. Call it whatever you want it. Jesus said, believe, you, believe those things that you say shall come to pass and you'll have whatever you say. That's the teaching of the Lord. So read this, read this here again. Jesus said, I tell you no, but except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. So verse 4, so that was a demonic thing happening in the earth. Verse 4, or Jesus said another tragedy, how about those 18 people upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them? Do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelled in Jerusalem? This would be like somebody saying today, so, so do you think that the people in 9-11 in the, in the World Trade Center, do you think they were worse sinners? Well, they, they were probably worse sinners than everybody else. I mean, why would this tragedy happen to them? That, they must have got off on the devil's territory or something. They must have just, you know, been sinners and it was time for them to get snuffed out or something. Jesus said no. No. He said No. They were not killed because they were bad people. 
They were not, that tower didn't fall on them because they were sinners above all other sinners in Jerusalem. Isn't that answer a lot of questions? When we see bad things happen, we got to watch out about not judging them as sinners is why that happened. You don't have to be a bad sinner to be in the wrong place. Just don't be led by the Spirit when He's trying to lead you away. Oh, are you here in this church? There's, there's four big, big, big things you need to know if you want to live in divine protection. Number one, know that God wants you protected and no protection scriptures. Number two, quote those scriptures over your life. You need to make the Bible personal. You've got to apply it to your life. You know what I like to say? I like to say this. No weapon formed against me and my family shall prosper. I like to wax bold too and quote the rest of that verse. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn it. This is our heritage as servants of the Lord and our righteousness is of God, saith God himself. I like to quote scriptures about divine protection. The wicked one touches me not. Paul, Paul talked about us being delivered and protected from the evils of this present world. Quote that over your life. I'm protected from the evils of this present world. These are divine protections. So, so the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Then say they were destroyed because they're bad, bad, bad sinners. You don't have to be a bad, bad, bad sinner. Just don't know these things. And you're going to be on shaky ground. Hosea 4, 6 says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is not a good thing. We're in a war zone. We need to know some things about the enemy, how we can resist him, how Jesus has set us free, the power in the name of Jesus. There's divine protection scriptures all over the Old Testament and New Testament. You need to be speaking them over your life. Well, Pastor, I've been speaking these divine protection scriptures over my life for a long time and nothing's happened. Awesome. No bullets flew through your window. No bombs in the buildings you went in. Nothing happening can be really good. Nothing happening could be amazing. And so you need to know some things if you want to live in divine protection. You also need to say some things. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God. I'm going to trust Him in this area as well. Right? And you need to believe some things, right? Believe that what you're saying is real and powerful and God didn't lie. He's going to protect me. Right? I know with, with the day we're living in, I mean, school shootings, church shootings, crazy people, bombs going off. No wonder the Lord quickened us to teach on this for seven or eight weeks. I'd highly encourage you to go back and listen to the archives from the last seven weeks. It's on the, it's on the website, free. You can download and listen to them. It's all free. Number four... If you want to live in divine protection, we're going to have to develop greater sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'd like to say on a daily basis. Don't get freaked out about it and don't get all stressed about it. Just calmly talk to the Lord every day and say, Lord, my life is in your hands and I'm going to go about my business today. I'm going to be to work on time and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do these things. But... If there's any adjustments in my schedule today, my antenna's up. Yeah. Yeah. 
and just go about your way. Trust that he'll tell you. Believe those scriptures you've been quoting are working. Right? I mean, you remember, we just came through the Christmas season. You remember when Joseph and Mary um, had to flee to Egypt because demon-possessed Herod was killing all the kids two years old and under? Yeah. Rachel weeping for her children could not be comforted because they were not. They, so Joseph gets a dream. Sometimes God leads through dreams. Sometimes dreams are just pepperoni pizza. So don't get all spiritual because you had a weird dream. I figure if it's God, you'll know it's God. You won't have to ask anybody. And so they're, they're you know, hanging out in Naz or wherever they are. And, and then and the, and the angels, and the angel says, go, get, get, get. They that are seeking the young child's life is coming here. So they, you know, they go to Egypt. And actually, they were going to go somewhere else. And they said, no, don't go there. Go to Egypt because now that Herod's son is now in jurisdiction. And anyway, so you see Joseph being led. I know, have you ever, has anybody ever like gotten on an airplane and it's just like the weather is like crazy and maybe like tornado weather or something and, 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 and thoughts come, man, maybe I should get on here. Maybe God would never lead through fear, number one. All right, now, you got to watch out about weather telling you when to go and when not to go. Of course, there's common sense, of course, but you know what? The airlines today is probably one of the safest ways to travel. The FAA is very, very, very strict. And, but I, I know this. If, if God didn't want me going on a trip, and I was a little dull of hearing maybe, but still my heart was after him, he'd give me a dream. You know what I'm talking talking about? I shared my testimony, I know it was two weeks ago, about a, a situation where I, I, I actually, it cost me $750 to not be led by the Spirit. And, uh, but anyway, I, I won't share all that right now. But let, let me just share this one with you. I was at City Market the other day here on 12th Street. This was just a few days ago. And I pulled up in the, uh, my, our, our car. And in the back seat I had uh, the $2,000 guitar. I had uh, my computer with half of my life on it. <laughs> I had like uh, a few other things, that just really important stuff. And I pulled up to this parking space. I'm getting ready to go in and get some oatmeal and something, a banana or two for the staff here. And I went in and, and before I got out of the car, I got out of the car, started walking toward the door and something inside said, go back to your car. Okay, so I turned around and went back to my car and there's a guy right next to my car. And I'm thinking I've got, you know, thousands of dollars worth of equipment in the back seat of that car. And there's a guy taping up his rearview mirror, just kind of looking over his shoulder, doing a bunch of taping with his really beat up car and, and just kind of looking over his shoulder. And he's doing it for a while. And so I just decided, I'm just going to sit down here and wait for him to get done because I, don't, I just don't have a piece about going in the store right now because I parked right next to him. And I'm kind of watching him. He's kind of like looking over his shoulder, you know, doing this kind of thing. And... And uh, so I just kind of sat there. He's still there, you know, five minutes later, seven minutes later. I'm doing a little work on my phone, you know. And I just decided I'm going to move. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of this parking space, go all around the other side of the parking lot and park over there and go inside and get my stuff. Well, I did that. And so I don't know exactly what happened with that. I'm just glad nothing happened to me. Right. Um, so I, and I don't know if he even knew I had stuff in the back seat, but I wasn't going to chance it. And so I, that took about 10 minutes out of my daily schedule. But you know what? The good news is this. Nothing happened. Right. I was getting ready, getting ready to go. I came out of the car. And where I was parked, all of a sudden I heard this 
car alarm go up. Beep, 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 beep. I don't know what it was. I didn't go investigate and see, but it was right over where I was parked. And so I, I'm not saying this guy did anything. I'm just saying I heard an alarm go off, got in my car, and, I, and I'm just so glad. You say, well, Pastor, nothing probably would have happened if you would have stayed parked there. Maybe. Right. Maybe. But I'm learning more and more and more to be sensitive because I'm not just going to do something out of fear. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel one bit of fear. But I just knew in my heart I, I should probably move the car. And, and I have a good testimony for you. Nothing happened. I got a good testimony for you, church. Nothing happened. Yeah. Well, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Nothing happened. That's a really good thing. Yep. Nothing happening can be really, really good. Yep. No broken window. Right? Stuff wasn't stolen. <laughs> um, nothing happening is underrated. That's, it could be a really, really, really good thing. Um, so finish up here. So notice it said in verse 4, this tower fell, 18 people were killed. Do you think they were sinners, worse sinners above all those that dwelt in Jerusalem? Jesus, did I tell you again? No. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I, I'm believing he's talking about repenting from a, a thing that we've been omitting, not something we've been doing, something we've not been doing. Repenting from doing our own thing and being more led by the Spirit in our daily life. It's called a sin of omission. Not doing something that would be really good for your future. Hmm? If you did it, it would be really good for your future. So, let's just... Get ready to close up here. Let me show you something in Psalm 23. Before you go to Psalm 23, go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. <laughs> Say this, when I am led by the Spirit of God, I miss the devil's plan for my life. Satan is constantly setting traps for God's people, hoping that they walk into them. Hmm? Just like God has a plan for your life, the enemy has a plan for your life. And we miss his plans when we're on the road God wants us on. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through stuff. That doesn't mean stuff's not going to try to come to you. Understand, I'm not saying that. Even David said, Yea, though I do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm still not going to fear any evil. Right. You're with me. Now listen, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm comforted to know that you'll give me a little tap if I'm getting off course, and you'll beat a wolf if you need to with the rod. Right. You know, leading and protection. In those two things, rod and staff, they comfort me. But do you all realize, and I know if you've been to these, these sessions, you all realize you and I can go through tests and trials in this life God never intended us to go through simply because we're not following His plan for life. We're constantly doing only what we want. A lot of people, and I included, have and and are, but not me. I'm not going to do this anymore. They're, they're going through unnecessary adversity. Going through stuff the Lord never wanted them to go through. Hitting things they're never supposed to hit. The Holy Spirit would never lead us into a destructive situation. He may lead you into some hard times and character building, but when it comes to destruction or hurting you or, or you know, 
things happening to your being, you know, bruises and scars and missing limbs and all that, the Holy Spirit would never lead us into anything like that. And if people have encountered things like that, thank God there's, there's miracles, there's healings, there's things that can happen to make everything a-okay again. But it's better sometimes just not to even go through it. So, um, did I say Psalm 23? No, I said Psalm 16. Look at Psalm 16. I just wanted to show you this here because a lot of divine protection has to do with receiving counsel from the Lord and inquiring of Him before we just, just do these things and make these big old plans that, that we didn't even talk to the Lord about. Look at verse 7, Psalm 16, 7. David said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Now notice this next phrase. My reins, something on the inside, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Now why would he say my reins instruct me instead of saying the Lord instructs me? I'm going to tell you why. God is going to lead you in your spirit. And then you're going to have to listen to your spirit for what he told your spirit and carry it out. Do you understand this? you understand what I'm saying? God enlightens us in our spirits, not in our head, in our spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, the Bible says. The spirit of man is where God turns on the light and says, this is the way to go, not this way. This is right. This is wrong. Marry this person. Don't marry that person. Right? I mean, he's going to turn the light on in your spirit. And then you, being sensitive to your spirit, you're going to get direction from the Lord because it hit your spirit, and now you're going to take it from there, walk it out, bring it through your mind, do what you got to do, so that that counsel does what it's supposed to do. But my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I believe the Lord wants us to get to the place in our life where we're rain-trained. You know, there's another scripture that says, don't be like the horse or the mule that needs a bit and a bridle in its mouth. How about we be rain trained to where all God's got to do is go like this with a leather strap and we're going. Instead of, boom, boom, whoa, nearly belly, right? The, one, the, the scripture says, don't be like the horse or the mule that needs a bit and a bridle to know which way to go. I think we need to become rain trained. I think we need to practice these things day in and day out to where all God's got to do is just go like this and we know we can't go that direction. Right. Instead of this, you know, four-hour battle, I really want to go and I don't want to, is it God, is it not God? You can develop in these things just like you can develop in anything. Sensitivity to the leading of His Spirit in your life. Don't you love it? Don't, don't you love the fact that, that Paul is, you know, going to Rome, you know, they're taking him to Rome kind of as a prisoner and and uh, they're actually giving him a little bit more liberty than the normal prisoner because he's a Roman. And um, the Romans take care of their own, even if they are headed to Caesar for a trial. But so, so here they're getting on a boat, and Paul just, just comes up and says, Hey, uh, captain of the ship, a centurion, hey, um, I don't know, I, I got, I, I perceive this voyage is going to be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Paul goes, I perceive. What's he talking about? He's getting the leading. Mm -hmm. 
he's getting the perception on the inside. He's developed enough to where he realizes this is not just me. This is not just a feeling. This is not just me being emotionally afraid of being on a boat or whatever. He said, I perceive. We all can develop that I perceive perception. I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the ship, but also of our lives. Well, the captain of the ship and the weatherman and the master and all these people believed the weatherman more than Paul. Because the south winds were blowing softly. Supposing we've obtained our purpose. Paul goes, yeah, I know it looks nice now and it feels good, but I'm telling you, how many know we're not supposed to be weather-led? Right? Now, you've got common sense. I mean, if a hurricane's coming, you may not want to take your vacation at that time. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, but, but seriously, there, there's been many times we've gotten on airplanes and the weather was terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean, wind howling and the rolly clouds, like some funnel's going to come down anytime and snowing so hard, de-icing the wings and, you know, white runways. And, but we learned a long time ago we're not going to be weather-led. We settled this a while back when we prayed. When Carla, and she's not doing it as much anymore because we've got other people to help too, but when Carla would get airplane tickets, I'd always tell her, don't buy the cheapest tickets. I mean, if it works out that way, fine, but numero uno, let's look here and see what flights we're supposed to take and connections we're supposed to take, and, and then we'll talk about price later. Because there's times, you know, we don't have a check about any of them because none of them, are, nothing's going to happen to any of them. But even a major delay, who wants, I don't want a major delay. I'd rather just get there on time, you know. But always, always check here. I think it's great to get counsel from other people about certain things. But I, I, I never, even a doctor, as much as I respect doctors, I'm still going to talk to the Lord about what they said. I'm not just going to say, okay, doctor, open me up and take that thing out. I'm going to go talk to the Lord and say, Lord, they say this. What do you say? I mean, who should be the final authority in our life? It should be the Lord. It shouldn't just be a man or a person. Thank God for counsel. Thank God for advice. Thank God for this. But we all have the Holy Spirit. We can all commune with Him and get counsel from Him in that rain area of our life. So turn to Psalm 23 and we'll close with this. So much of divine protection is, where are you? Because these people in the Tower of Siloam, what if they weren't there that day? What if, they, what if something said, you know what? Go to work a different way today. I, I think it's interesting that David, if you read Samuel, First and Second Samuel, King David, he, he was in the habit, it was like his lifestyle of inquiring of the Lord about battles that he was supposed to go into or not go into. And you'll find this phrase throughout the, the book of Samuel, the books of Samuel. It says, David inquired of the Lord. Lord, should I go up against the Philistines today or should we not? And the Lord said, go. I've delivered them into your hand. So they went, won the battle, got a bunch of prosperity, right? And the battle was over. They won. Not too long after that, here's the Philistines again. And David said, Lord, should I go up against the Philistines? And the Lord said, go up against them. I've delivered them into your hand. 
Second time, boom, yes, they won a battle. Everything was great. Third time, David said, oh, there's the Philistines again. And David said, he inquired of the Lord, said, Lord, should we go up against the Philistines? I know this is the third time I'm asking a different situation. And the Lord said, go up. I've given them into your hand. Now, David could have said, man, every time I ask the Lord about these Philistines, he just says, go. Why do I need to pray anymore? Fourth time, David said, another day, another season. Lord, there's the Philistines again. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. Should I go up against them? The Lord said, don't go. Don't go. You won't win. This time you need not go. Not in this way and not in this timing. What if he just thought and just took it for granted? Well, the Lord said yes the last three times. Of course he said that. Would have died. Yeah. It's always good to inquire of the Lord about these things. Right. How many think it's good to inquire of the Lord about who you're going to marry? Right. <laughs> and not just be infatuated or have feelings. Right. How many think it's a good idea to inquire of the Lord about somebody you're thinking about spending the rest of your life with? <laughs> Amen. Psalm 23. Most of you know this, but it's some really cool stuff in here. Look at Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And that right there denotes somebody's leading us, but we're not leading ourselves. Can I get a witness, church? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, really, a lot of dissatisfaction is simply because people are not following the great shepherd. If we were following the Lord perfectly, we'd have no wants. Let alone no needs. He said, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's so cool because he's telling us right here, if, if if we're in destructive situations and things are trying to harm us and are harming us, well, that could be a sign that we're not being led like we should be. Well, where does He lead His people? Besides still waters. He restores my soul. Now notice, again, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So can we conclude that we're going to miss a lot of muddy dangerous waters if we'll just follow our shepherd like, he, like we know we should. Can we all come to that conclusion? Yes. He leads us beside what? So if we're beside still waters, what's going on? We're following our shepherd. Right? But we know there's things that are going to try to happen even though we're being led. Look at the next verse. Yay. Okay, I, I know. Yes, yes, I know. Okay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Because even if something does happen, I am going through something, you're with me and your rod and your staff, they come from me. In other words, if you do find yourself in a place like the valley of the shadow of death, don't be afraid because he'll still lead you right there. Right. He'll lead you and protect you even though it looks like death is all around you. But it still has to do with leading rod and staff, leading and protection. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's it for tonight. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. I would encourage you to find scriptures on, on divine protection and quote them 
find scriptures on the leading of the Lord and quote those scriptures. I, I find myself a lot of times in my devotion time saying things like this, like, Lord, you instruct me in the way I should go, and you teach me to profit. Jesus, you're my great shepherd. I hear your voice, and a stranger I will never follow. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. These are scriptures that the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And ladies, you're the sons of God too. If it, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're a son of God, you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Don't ever be afraid. If fear tries to come against you, say, God's not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. You know, another whole, another whole angle of this whole thing too, the Bible says follow after love. If you're following after love, that's a, one really good way to be led by the Spirit. It's not everything, but it's, it's a big chunk of it. Just follow after love and you'll do well. Yeah. Amen, because love's not selfish. You're not going to have all these selfish ambitions pulling you over here and pulling you over there. Has anybody, has, has anybody ever known at a time in your life, you did something, you bought something, you invested in something, you did something, that you maybe looking back now realize that you really didn't have the leading of the Lord in that? Has anybody ever been hurt by a person that you look back and you realize, you know, I was never even led by the Lord to be around that person. I just did it because I wanted to. We've got to stop blaming other people for our lack of being led by the Spirit. Just because somebody did you wrong doesn't mean the Lord led you to be around that person. And I know sometimes we are led to be around certain people and they still do us wrong. But then the Lord's rod and staff will help us through all that too. If you find yourself in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, just know you're going to be all right. He's with you. Aren't you glad that when you get away from the leading of the Lord, He's still with you? Yes. You know, Siri's still with you when you make a wrong turn. Why wouldn't, the, <laughs> why wouldn't the Lord still be with you if you made a wrong turn, right? And God's just calmly saying, you know, rerouting, yes. <laughs> re, recalculating. <laughs> Let's pray and I'll let you go. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for divine protection in dangerous times. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to live a safe life, a, a fulfilled life, a satisfied life as we're serving you and loving people. Father, thank you for your hand being upon us for good. We trust that you're guiding us. Say this with me, church. Jesus, Jesus. you're my good shepherd. You're my good shepherd. I, believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart. You're leading me perfectly. You care for me. You're helping me. And I hear your voice. And a stranger I will not follow. Thank you, Lord, for helping me more and more in these areas. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.